The yep. pursuer believes the withdrawer is getting it wrong, and the withdrawer believes that the withdrawer is getting it wrong. Both. That, that is correct. It's really, really hard then for both of them. Your stuff is my stuff, and my stuff is my stuff. It's <laughs> yes. clearly all my stuff that's going on. <laughs> Connecting couples with the real Emhoffs. Hi, welcome back to our Tuning In series, which we're really talking about how couples can stay tuned in, not only to their relationship emotionally, but themselves so that they can pass a clear message. Our first episode was exactly that. How do we send a clear message? The second episode, we talked about the interference of what distorts the message that we're trying to send and how couples get sideways. It feels so different than what they're really trying to say, that couples like each other, that they love each other, that they want to be there in it. And so last week, we talked about the pursuer point of view. This week, we're going to talk about the withdrawer point of view. First, I'm Angela Emhoff. Hi, and I'm Chad Imhoff. We're excited to be here uh, and talk about this with you. So this week we get to talk about the withdrawer, which is is really something that doesn't happen. And we were just kind of joking before we started. We're like, uh, there won't be much to say. This one will take about three minutes. No. Uh, and, and, but, but no, of course it won't. We're going to try to put as many words to it as we can because it is it is something that's kind of hidden. There is this kind of perception that a withdrawer doesn't feel that they don't have much going on, that they're really just kind of disengaged or don't care. And and so we don't want to leave it like that. We want to make sure that we get um, some understanding. Well, number one, we probably should have said this for pursuers too, but number one, this is for the withdrawer to understand. But really the more important thing is that our partner partner can understand. And so – if our partner knows, hey, this is what's going on for them, then then they can respond to that. But if they don't know, they can't respond to what they don't know. Pursuers, yeah. tune in because you're about to hear what happens inside the mind of a withdrawer. Dun, dun, dun. I'm excited. I really am. I want to know. I'm just going to be so quiet. Oh, no. Don't like do it. Okay. So first, just like we did in our, our pursuer part episode yeah. last week, we first start, started off with – what is the perception of the withdrawer? What is the withdrawer feel they bring the, to, to the table that's often missed? Yeah. So a withdrawer uh, comes to the table and, and they generally are looking for positive. Like they're looking for good things. And, and so when they come into the room. You they, mean like a compliment or an accolade or like, hey, you're doing a good job or I appreciate you. That is what it, you're saying? It could be those things. Okay. But, they're, but they're generally saying, I want – uh, this relationship to be happy and to be good and for everything to be smooth. And I don't want it to go wrong. I just want us to have a good time. Exactly. <laughs> that would be nice if we could kind of have a good time. And, 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 and so they're, they're coming into the relationship with this kind of mindset that says, okay, if I do enough, if I work hard enough, if I show up enough, then we'll have a good time. Yeah. Then we'll be good and yeah. she'll be good and I'll be good and we'll all be good. However, that isn't life. Withdrawers know this. They're not, they're not dummies, but they don't want to spend time in the negative, right? They don't want to sit in, in the muck. In fact, I've heard hundreds of people probably say, I don't want to go down in that hole. Why does she have to be so negative? I don't want to sit in that mess. And they're kind of talking about their pursuing partners when they say that. They're like, no, why can't she just choose to be happy or choose an attitude of gratitude or whatever the thing is? And, and so withdrawers kind of say that. They really do want to just enjoy life as best as possible. But I kind of hear you saying that withdrawers have this point of view that they're kind of always disappointing their pursuing partner. That yeah. they always yep. kind of come from a position that, man, it would be really great if everything could just go well. But the reality is I feel like I'm always in trouble or that I'm never getting it right or that I can't get it right or that there's somehow something wrong. Why does there always have to be something wrong? Can't we just have a good time? That's exactly – that is the message that they hear from yeah. externally. They're like, okay, now now this other thing went wrong. 
what's what's really sad for me for a withdrawer is that they they really do take on the um, attitude that what they have done has affected their partner in a way that has caused their partner to feel whatever is is going. They really do buy the the cycle. Yeah. Um, they can't show it like. Like, so like saying, Hey, I'm a failure or I suck wouldn't be how they would respond. They would like try to come up with a plan to get out of it, but, but they really do kind of buy this negative interaction. When we talk about a clear message that we've been trying to send, not only that the pursuer sends a clear message, but that the withdrawer sends a clear message. It's one thing that I'm starting to kind of hear is that there is a misconception and it's a double of the same message. The pursuer believes the withdrawer is getting it wrong and the withdrawer believes that the withdrawer is getting it wrong. Both. That that is correct. It's really, really hard then for both of them. Your stuff is my stuff and my stuff is my stuff. It's (laughs) clearly all my stuff that's going wrong. (laughs) It's really hard then to shift that for a pursuer to have empathy that says, no, wait, I do see that you're actually working hard for the family. I do see that you're actually making an effort. I did see you took out the trash. You jumped to the task. You did this or that. Um, For a pursuer to, to recognize that they are are benefiting. And that's why we, in the episodes, did the pursuer first, because in order for us to make space for the fact that it's not all the withdrawer's fault, a pursuer has to acknowledge that some of it is theirs. And so we talked about that last week, that pursuers have this perception that they know their withdrawer and they completely miss being curious about what really is happening for the withdrawer, what their experience really is. And so we don't see that they're constantly trying to manage not setting off the pursuer. They're, they're sometimes walking on eggshells, trying to read the room, trying to read the confusing, distorted message the pursuer is sending, really making an effort to catch the partner, yeah. even though they don't always feel like they get it right or it doesn't seem like they can get it right. And, and, they're trying really hard. And one of the most common uh, responses to to when you see this happen, what happens for you, or when you ask your partner what it is that's that's going on, is is confusion. Like I really don't get it. I really don't get why why and I'm gonna use Angela. Why Angela is mad at me? I like I don't understand. Like she's got this look on her face and something has gone wrong, and I am literally confused. Which yeah. speaks to what most withdrawers do. They go to their head to try to figure it out, yeah. which leaves them. Oh, it leaves their experience, which leaves them away from what is their felt kind of emotional experience. Now, I don't want to say that a cognition can't also be a response to emotion or, or even embedded in yeah. emotion. We can have these trained responses to bad moments that, that really do take us out of relationship. And it's kind of functions like a secondary emotion. If, if you're, um, if you're, if you're a therapist, you know what I'm talking about, but like it functions like a protective thing. It kind of functions like a, a, a reaction to instead of a primary kind of gut felt sense, which isn't the best way to it's, – it's actually part of the distortion or part of the hijack or part of the, the mixed message that we end up sending. I want to just for a second do what Chad did in the last episode when he had so much empathy for me, the pursuer. And I want to kind of share the um, empathy, empathy that I have for the withdrawer because – you know, oftentimes if a withdrawer says, I don't know, as the response to the question, I, I almost want to say like sometimes in, uh, I want to say like a movie that's like an investigative movie or like a, you know, crime movie when they, when they kind of show what's inside the mind of the person and they show this kind of big map and it's like, here's the layout, here's the strategy, here's the, how many steps to the exit, here's the, if we do this, this happens. If It's like there is this strategic 
point by point thing that's happening when a withdrawer goes into their head of how do I make whatever is going wrong go right again? What do I need to say next? Wait, if I say it, if I say this, will that work? That's probably not going to work. Let me try this. What if I leave? What if I just do the thing she's asking me to, or he's asking me to do? What if I just, they're the, they go to their head for very good reason. And that is because they are analyzing the possible ways that they could try to make it right. The really, the, the hard part, the part that makes me really sad for a withdrawer is there is almost this instant voice that comes that goes, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And the reality is the pursuer, the cycle that we've gotten into, the experience we've had fight after fight after fight has kind of confirmed that. And so they're really in this double bind. What do I do? Do I try a strategy that will probably fail? Do I not do anything, which then I just get attacked because there must be something wrong with my character? Do I leave? Do I, uh, uh, it's like almost like a paralyzing thing that happens. And then the, the more quiet and stoic they stand, the more escalated the pursuer gets. It really is jacked up the way this thing works. Well, in, in that stoic place, there is this kind of like, you know, real sense of, of like helpless kind of failure that sets in, right? There's this sense of like, I have clearly screwed this up and I'm clearly getting this wrong and I clearly don't have an answer. And, and, and really then the stoicism or, or, or literal retreat or withdrawal becomes their only option, Yeah. which I, and it isn't, it's not the truth of the situation, but, but in their minds, in the withdrawer's mind, he says, heck, or she says, heck, I can't get this. I've got no moves here. It actually is the move that diffuses the energy, which is what they're kind of trying to do. The sad part about it is just like in the pursuer side, when we talked about it, these moves don't get the deeper need met. These, these moves, these protective moves that we feel are our only options for pursuer. I must escalate or it's going to go bad for a withdrawal. I must disengage. I must, I, I have to, step out of this, create some space, or this will go really bad to protect the relationship. They totally miss themselves and miss their partner, Yeah, which is really sad. It's extremely sad. I mean, you think about a guy who, who wakes up early, goes to work. He works as hard as he can. He tries so hard to show up for his family or, or a woman. I I don't mean to be, it could be either, Either but but they, they try so hard they don't, they really do their very best not to complain because talking about how they're doing is never really been something that got them anywhere. And so they don't complain. They don't, they don't bring up their needs. They try not to, to ask for much. And when they do, they do it kind of like in in almost like a guilt ridden way. And then, and then they kind of come home and they, they see they're, they're hoping they're coming home. They're hoping that things are going to go well. Yeah. They're hoping that their wife will be happy and they just want to finally find a nice soft place to land. And they walk in the door and and then as things tend to do in life, things have gone wrong at home too. And so then they start getting these messages at home that say, you're clearly not getting it right and what you're doing is not enough and something's wrong with you and you should really do a better job. And they're like, this is the best job I can do. Yeah. And at the same time, they can't say that either. So what do they do? Nothing. They go away. They go, they go away. They shut yeah. down. They go work some more. Yeah. Look hoping, at their phone, watch a show, hoping, something. desperate. Go to the garage. That somehow they're going to get something right somewhere. I think about how specific the message is. You know, we've been talking about a clear message or a distorted message. And the weird thing is, is that the distorted message feels pretty clear. 
is that you're getting it wrong. Yeah. That is a message yeah. that the pursuer is sending that the withdrawer gets. I think about Chad, the scenario he just laid out, that he goes to work, that he sees all these clients in a row, that he comes home, that he's tired, that he's been engaged. He comes home, he takes his shoes off by the door. He puts his keys down on the counter. I don't know if you guys have a catch-all, but our kitchen counter catches all. He walks into the other room to like, you know, put on some more comfortable clothes and start to engage. And I'm like, why'd you leave your shoes here? Don't put your keys there. They go on the key hook. Like from the get-go, I am... You're getting it wrong. You're getting it wrong. You're getting it wrong. And that's not the message that I want to send at all. I want to send a different message that I appreciate you that I look, I, I even cleaned the whole house so that we, when you come home, we have no distractions and we can just have a good time together. And so those keys send it. And so I'm sending him this message that he doesn't care that he's not tuned in, that he doesn't even value his, whatever it is, it's usually a, a, a character attack, an integrity attack, an assumption that I know you better than you know yourself. So yeah. I'm going to tell you how you're getting it wrong. And then I'm also going to give you the action steps to be a better human. Oh, that's so hard for a withdrawer to, to take it all in. And yet they do it day in and day out on the chin and stay stoic and still love us, which is the crazy making part is that they really do care and they really keep trying. I think about, go ahead. Well, I was going to say what's, well, and, and they do, right? But, but when, and, and it's, this is another thing. This is, I think about couples that I've talked to and how it can really be like a, a sad trap because they'll go, I, I literally, I, I left my wife and, and, and this is worst case scenario, right? Like I left my wife cause I just, I literally thought she would be better off Without because me. I could not get it right. And not, not, that's not in a pity party kind of way. No. It's in like this, I literally just felt like maybe they would be better off because I clearly was, was messing it up every single time. And I don't want to do that to them. When a pursuer sends a message that I'd be better off without you, sometimes withdrawers think you might be better off without me. Yeah. That's the, the worst case scenario, like Chad is saying, which is why it's so important that we get into these fights. We get into these dark places. We get into the, where does your mind go when you get in a fight? And how vulnerable and authentic would it be to let your partner into that pain? To be able to say, hey, I'm going to a really bad place here. I'm trying, if I'm a withdrawer, I'm trying to get it right for you. It just doesn't feel like I can. And I really do care. You know, it's really dangerous uh, for, for a withdrawer to try to defend their position because when a pursuer is attacking, uh, a lot of times a character or integrity of a withdrawer, obviously our natural defense is, wait a minute, I'm better than that. I worked hard. Don't you see? It is a feeling that a withdrawer has that nobody sees how hard they work. Nobody acknowledges their contribution. Nobody recognizes how many times they kept the foundation stable when everything felt chaotic and out of control, how many times they walked away from a fight instead of picking a fight. And sometimes a pursuer will be like, just engage with me. A fight is at least something when the withdrawer is like, no, I could say the words that would be devastating, but I care enough about this relationship that I'm not going to because I don't want to hate those words. I don't want to be mean. I just, I just want to diffuse this. Can we just Can't have, we a, just good have a good night? Can't we just have a good time? <laughs> yeah. like, and, and it, it, it isn't fair to either side. This isn't, we're not, I yeah. know we're talking about withdrawers right now. And I know we're talking about kind of how this, this goes, 
but but I, I want to say it's not fair to the pursuer either. It's not fair to the withdrawer. This is such a mess. And the cycle is not fair to either individual and the part and the couple. And it, it's so hard. It is so hard to try to engage with each other yeah. in these hard places. And so if you've gone down the road and you're in the middle of a fight or a middle of a cycle, well, we're not saying to try to address it at that moment. Like we said for pursuers, yeah. we're saying after the fight or or before the fight happens. If you're coming home and you're you're that withdrawing partner and you can find it in yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to examine this. I'm really going to try to let my wife into this. Now, don't be surprised if it goes wrong the first few times because we haven't been doing this. Yeah. But 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 it is so important that we go, wait a second, what is happening inside me? How am I doing? Right? How do I feel? You know, and let somebody into that. If we yeah. don't let them into that, they don't know. Our our nobody really knows how you're doing withdrawer. Nobody knows that it's even having an effect on you if you don't show something outwardly. I want to talk about safety for just a second, because a lot of times in therapy, we'll be working with couples and we'll finally have de-escalated the pursuer, gotten the pursuer to recognize the energy that they bring and that it's kind of damaging to the relationship. And we kind of catch them for a second and say, okay, do you feel caught? Do you feel validated? Can you just kind of sit tight for a second while we come over here and try to open up space for our withdrawer? And in therapy, we'll get the withdrawer to start talking about things they've never said before, which then, you know, oftentimes a withdrawer will say, I I don't think my partner even knows me. And I can hear the little mean voice in the pursuer's head that goes, well, that's because you never share. That's because you never tell me. Why don't you, you know, like I've seen in therapy when a withdrawer finally does open up, here comes the pursuing partner. Well, that's nice that they just opened up to you, the therapist, but they sure don't tell me this. And I think that's because you're not safe. You're going to attack them if they try. (laughs) And so I want to just for a second say in these connections, Connecting conversations and these these connect points that we're trying to get you to do outside of an escalated uh, situation, but just may have a date night, have a Saturday morning drink, a cup of coffee, and have this conversation where it goes, okay, what are we talking about this week? We're going to talk about the withdrawer's point of view. And can we make it safe for the withdrawer to bring their perspective, pursuer without then turning it into an attack, a criticism, and telling them how they should get it right. Well, if you would just have three friends, if you would just talk to your therapist, if you would just read this book, then you would. It can quickly turn right back into a negative cycle where we're sending the same message. And so there is a, a responsibility on both parties. But right now, pursuers, I'm talking to you. In this week four, episode four, when we're talking about the withdrawer's point of view, it is important that we try to actually consider that the same thing that was our connect point last week for pursuers, right? The pursuers was saying, I'm starting to recognize that what it looks like on the outside is way different than what I think it is on the inside. And the withdrawer was saying, I'm trying to recognize that while my, my pursuing partner is, is doing this chaotic thing on the outside, deep down, they feel something different, right? For this week, for the withdrawer, it's the same thing. Pursuer, you're looking at your withdrawer going, I'm starting to say or see that what I perceive is not necessarily reality, that I assume that I know how my partner feels, but what if I'm a little more curious and actually ask them how they feel? Even though they might say, I don't know at first, can we give them space right. and make it safe for them to try to know? What if I didn't just assume I knew what my partner's motivation was or that they didn't care, but I I engaged in a conversation and created safety and emotional space for them to actually try? Yeah. And then withdrawer, this is a hard ask because we're asking you to engage your pursuer and say, hey, I want to share with you while we're not in a fight, where we're, why it's not escalated, where you're, when you're not triggered. I want to be sensitive to try to not trigger you in this process, but I want to share with you that there are times when you make an assumption about what I'm feeling 
when I'm not feeling that. And I want to share with you what it does feel like sometimes that, that we would start to try to understand that the message we're sending our pursuing partner is a lot different than what we actually feel. And a lot of times a withdrawer can get into that deeper space of saying, I feel really bad. I feel like I constantly let you down. Sometimes I feel like you'd be better off without me. Wow. What it would look like for a pursuer to be like, no, 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 please don't go anywhere. I don't want, I, I, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be better off without you stay and share some of that. And I want to make it safe. So we, we have to open up space for that. And that's your connect point this week, by the way, to have that same conversation. Yeah. I, I think what you're saying is right on. I think, you know, it's one thing for, for a withdrawer, the pursuer can't, can't ask them to stay if, if a withdrawer doesn't say there's something else going on. Yeah. So withdrawers, I want to encourage you guys, you know, try to look inside yourself, try to say uh, that I do maybe feel some of these things, whether it's, you know, this, this sense of failure or this, this, I try to be stoic. Like Angela said last, last week or last episode, she's saying, this is how pursuers might say it. A lot of times for a withdrawer, you might say something like a lot of, I I'm, I find myself wanting to come to an answer or have a solution and I feel a little confused and I don't know what to do. And so I'm, I'm trying to hold it together over here, but this really feels bad for me. Even to say that. That in a moment of, of distress or in a tough moment, we'll let somebody in. And, and then I want to encourage you guys, pursuers, obviously, to, to respond to that and, and give it give it some credence, give it some value, listen to that, because that really is the experience that I've heard over and over and that I go through myself. Yeah. So thank you so much, you guys, for listening to this and then taking the time to kind of work on your relationship. It takes work to get relationship right. It takes work to be a connecting couple. Thanks, y'all.